Under the Dome Radio initial reactions to Season 2, Episode 9, The Red Door, recorded August 25th, 2014. Welcome back for another episode of Under the Dome Radio, the unofficial podcast and blog for CBS TV's Under the Dome. This is episode 40 of Under the Dome Radio. We got show notes with links and things that we talk about tonight over at underthedomeradio.com slash 40. And we want to hear your feedback about this week's episode of Under the Dome. Give us a call at 904-469-7469 or just go to underthedomeradio.com slash feedback and contact us through there. Plus, if you'd like, we've got our Amazon affiliate links at underthedomeradio.com slash Amazon. You can pre-order season two of Under the Dome any under the dome items or actually anything at all that you might find at Amazon. In fact, we had somebody this past week use the Amazon affiliate link to buy a small toaster oven. We don't know who did it, but we thank you for it. I'm Wayne Henderson, your voice acting podcasting Green Bay Packers fan. And I'm at Troy Heinrichs, pleasantly surprised that we are over the hill on under the dome radio. That's right. Episode 40. It's great to be with you this evening. And I'm just double checking to make sure that we're all still here because last I checked, Lyle is still missing. No sign of him. I don't know if he had another country show to do with his alter ego. He may pop up maybe somewhere else on a whole different part of the island. I mean, under the dome. Well, when they popped up in the water and came up onto the beach, was your first inclination that maybe your time travel theory was going to be coming to truth at that point? It did cross my mind briefly. Because the big thing was that they all had these mysterious memory flashes. And now we know that the connection between Melanie and Barbie is that she was the nanny, the babysitter, something of that nature, maybe something along those lines. I'm sensing that you weren't a big fan this week, Mr. Henderson of particular scenes, but there was still lots of juicy stuff to talk about. Cause I liked how right off the bat, the episode starts out with captain obvious. I mean, Barbie in custody. Cause he discovers, This is what it's all about. The egg, the power source. It's known by many names and it's coveted by all. Especially the people that don't subscribe to the Geneva Convention because they have no badges or anything on their uniforms. Well, you know, these are the black ops of black ops. They're totally undercover. (laughs) There's not very many of them. I would have expected a lot more. Was it me or was this main kind of black ops dude? Was he a little weird in the face at all? His facial expressions were kind of flat, even when he was punching Barbie in the face. I'm not sure how to describe it. That may be the best way, but there was something off. This guy did not seem like the brightest bulb in the uh, collection of uh, security personnel. Of course not, because what's the point of hiring a security for him if he can't secure anything? (laughs) Why, but heck, they're in Zenith. They can barely secure those magical experimental drugs that kind of brought Lyle back into reality. I mean, you know, everything's kind of safer there, I suppose. Well, I have to pull out my first nitpick of the evening because as we're starting out this episode, the black ops people are back outside of Julia's house. Big Jim clearly points out they have company. And the first thing that went through my mind is, wait, Julia's house is next to the dome. How is it still standing? (laughs) I had no idea that it was that close to the dome. I mean, she's got a great view of the outside world right off the front porch. And yeah, you would think because uh, Joe McAllister's parents' house 
got destroyed and it was kind of close. Hmm. Mm, plot hole or does magnetism only happen on one side of the magnetic poles? I don't think we're ever going to find out. I was just kind of shocked. I mean, I was shocked at a lot of things, but I was especially shocked that James don't call me junior fessed up to his dad that Barbie is still alive. He's outside of the dome and Julia's lying about it. And then James takes pops underground to show him the cliff portal and tells Big Jim all about the egg. I'm thinking, wow, what, what was going through Junior's mind to think that, that he could tell his dad any of that stuff and bad things aren't going to happen? Well, he clearly explained himself later when he's talking to his girlfriend. I mean, Melanie, the uh, that he really thought that his dad does have the town's best interest in mind. And because of that, that's why he decided to spill the beans. But now he wants to make sure that the egg is still protected because he's going back on his original thought because Jim is always about himself. I would have cut out the middleman and just held my own mini town meeting and spread the word. Hey, there's an underground cliff that leads to freedom outside of the dome. If you all want to take the chance, come on down. Let's get out of this place. Well, that wouldn't have happened because Andrew Grinnell would have voted for Big Jim just to shut the hell up again. <laughs> well, that's why I think Junior should have held the mini town meeting instead of telling his dad, just go right to the town. Yeah. I mean, for being sheriff, he spends a lot of time sitting in that big chair instead of out policing the dome, because if he wants to get in touch with somebody, you think you'd be going out there right away rather than formulating a plan, just kind of pushing your fingers together and having that evil dastardly mind like, well, Dr. Evil. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much along those lines. It's a comfortable chair. I mean, look at it. Very appointed. Very nice. Um, listener, uh, give us a call. Let us know what you thought of this episode of Under the Dome. Let us know your maybe some of your favorite scenes, your favorite lines, or just some of the stuff that made you almost pull hair out of your head so it started looking more like Lyle. Um, give us a call. 904-469-7469. We want to share your thoughts on the next episode of Under the Dome Radio. Now, I do need to bring this up. What was your first thought when they gave us the kind of the red herring of the episode where they went to the red door, the one that was in the playground? No parents allowed. Get away, you stinky adults. I'm playing Nerf guns here. <laughs> My first initial thought before that happened was, oh, this is like the drawing of the three. You know, on the other side of that door, you're going to go onto an airplane. I don't know. But of course, us viewers were privy to the real red door on a previous episode of under the dome. So we kind of knew that this wasn't going to do the trick, but still I thought when they open that, what are we going to see? Well, my first, I guess this would be my second plot hole of the evening was as they were looking through that red door between Sam and Lyle and Pauline, that little yellow splotch of paint just wasn't on the card. And then later, of course, when Barbie has the card, that yellow splotch of paint just magically happens to dab its way in there. Oh, that's a good catch, Troy. Do you think that it could be something where it wasn't there before, but it did appear kind of like on Back to the Future when the photograph starts fading away and reappears, that things are just, uh, as we get closer to reality, more things are appearing like the yellow hand? That sounds like too much like coincidence. And if you still believe in coincidence, you haven't been paying attention, Wayne. At least that's what Lyle says. <laughs> My attention span. It's having a hard time keeping up. But you know what I'm going to do now? 
I'm going to go build myself a homemade egg detector. I would like an egg detector because someone ate my eggs this morning that I didn't get to have breakfast with. But more importantly, the thing that I yelled at my kids for after I found out that they ate the last bit of eggs was things are going to be getting worse in here. (laughs) I couldn't tell if that was a threat from the science teacher, Miss Carla Chrome, or if that was her just stating the obvious again. Uh, We're going to have to stay tuned to see, but uh, I have a feeling, you know, define worse. Who knows what's going to happen under the dome? Of course, you know, we've had many different types of storms happening under the bubble and things like that. So there's bound to be more storms, maybe an earthquake. Uh, Things are going to get worse. I just know it. I just don't know what it's going to happen. So Melanie was muttering as she was watching that video that came from Dale to Julia. She's like that voice. I've heard that voice before. Where have I heard that voice? So the question I have is, is the Melanie storyline deeper with Don, Barbara? We got a glimpse of that in the flashback. What do you guys think? 904-469-7469. Let's just theorize what this Melanie backstory and its relationship to why her mom wanted her to see Barbie before they left for Chester's Mill back in 1988. I'd like to hear the theories because they're bound to be wild. And they might even be what's actually happening. And speaking of things that were happening, Big Jim, now that he's got all the pieces put together, he takes his notepad and his Sharpie marker heads out to the edge of the dome. And he wants to talk to whoever's in charge outside the dome. And he wants them to only talk to him. So I have to call out Barbie at this point because see, Big Jim goes to the dome and he comes prepared with a marker and a pen. Not like Barbie who chucked his marker and pen away in his briefcase before he hung from a truck for 14 clicks. And that's kind of weird because on one of the first episodes of season one, Barbie was prepared with his little notepad and he held it up to the dome and said, subscribe to under the dome radio in iTunes. I've seen it. I have seen that picture before myself. I love that. Is that, you know, we may need to revise some of big Jim's signs for under the dome radio promotional purposes only. But uh, I like the message where Basically, he just says at the end, you know, writes it out, point me to it, and it's yours. And of course, it's at Angie's place. And of course, that helps us confirm the fact that Angie does actually have her own apartment, which is where Joe went to go see that tribute of Angie, and they saw the pink stars and the egg and all that good jazz, because we kind of forgot that Angie had her own place all the way, 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 way back in the first episode of Under the Dome. And the reason we forgot is because it didn't matter. At the time. But now that she's gone, it does matter. It, it, oh my goodness. How about, I'm sure a lot of theories can be formed around this because we just barely got done watching the show about 20 minutes ago. The fact that Pauline is talking to Sam and Lyle and basically saying that we have to go back to Chester's Mill to atone for our sins. What is up with that? Why? Why Chester's Mill to atone for your sins? I think it has something to do more aligned with the book. Cause that was the big thing in the book. It was a very, even though it wasn't very religious overtoned, it was religious undertoned because the whole, you know, Jim is of Christian and they have these churches and the Christian radio station in the book. So I think that this has to do something with her connection to Lyle and the fact that Lyle's all about the end times and the rapture. So maybe it's one of those things where we've done bad things and the dome wants us to stop killing 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the only way to fix this is to go back and say, yep, we killed Melanie. We're sorry. And even though so many people have left the dome, like I predicted, we all have to go back, Sam. We have to go back. What did you think of the reentry process and seeing, <laughs> I guess we'll call it Smokey's cousin from Lost? Because this was a gray smoke monster versus the black smoke monster. Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe they went there. <laughs> I literally yelled at the TV. I may have frightened uh, the family dog, but <laughs> I did not like the kind of gray smoky thing. And then we had at the same instant that it got close to them. Of course, we have pivotal flashbacks for a couple of people with very lost like whooshing sounds just to help reinforce that they are flashbacks as if we didn't know. Uh, I did not care for that just my personal opinion. Yeah. They were using that Instagram filter for the Pauline Melanie scene because it was all blurry around the edges. I think they used the circle fuzzy filter for that one. <laughs> it's amazing that you can film a hit television show for a major broadcast network using an Instagram filter. So of course the big question is where is Lyle? Uh, perhaps he doesn't swim and that's a dangerous uh, state to be in. If you're going to travel through a red door, through a hidden entrance that's behind the red door, and then pop up in a, last we heard, a methane-filled lake that now everybody's bubbling up in it. Well, my theory, initial theory, because again, we just got done watching 20 minutes ago. I mean, Lyle had these problems when he jumped the first time, right? He started having these hallucinations or whatever. Maybe because this drug was in his system, maybe that prevented him from being able to be overtaken by the gray cousin to the smoke monster in the tunnel and that prevented him from being able to transport back. I could see something like that happening or potentially he turned around and ran away because he was afraid of the gray smoke monster. And he's like, Oh no, dude, this, this is too creepy for me. The, I'm staying on this side. The rapture is happening over here. Yeah. With, with his current views and his mental state with or without the effects of the portal, I could see that being the most likely thing that he just bailed on him and turned himself in or something. But it sure seemed like the more flashbacks and discussions we find out that it seems like a lot of people are actually from Zenith or, or am I misreading some of these flashbacks? Well, the Sam and junior flashback, that one was at Pauline's funeral nine years ago. And that would have been in Chester's mill at that time. Okay. The Melanie Barbie flashback, that one was definitely in Zenith. And then the Pauline flashback, I think that one was in Chester's Mill because that's where she saw, I guess, ghost Melanie because she was in her purple dress at that point. It all started here. It's all got to end here for all of us. Okay. That, that, that makes a lot more sense. It just seemed like everything was tying back into Zenith in one way or another. But it does make me wonder, you know, the way that they all bubbled up in the methane field, like much like Melanie did at the beginning of the season, perhaps Melanie never was dead, even in some of the senses that we've been kind of theorizing. And maybe she just simply went from Zenith through that red door, through the hidden spot behind the red door and just walked through the tunnels and came up through the lake, just like these guys did. That is the biggest mystery of the evening because Melanie seemed in this episode to be acting a little bit different. Not so much that 
I think she has the hots for Junior because it reminds her of Sam, but that's probably the most plausible explanation, right? <laughs> but at the same time, it seems like she's tempting him or coercing him to get in a relationship with her. I mean, they were laying on the mattress where his old girlfriend was tied up. <laughs> Imply what both you of, will at that point. Both of them are so weird. I mean, the fact that Melanie, you know, was dating Junior's uncle. Now she's dating the nephew. I know she was supposedly dead for 25 years, but still that's really odd. I, I think there's something very evil kind of behind Melanie and she's just trying to play everybody. And all of a sudden she's going to break loose and uh, represent all of the bad things going on. Well, I want to hear these explanations from the listeners. So 904-469-7469 or under the dome radio.com slash feedback, or you can just send us an email or an MP3 to feedback at under the dome radio.com. Melanie and this entire transportation mechanism to get back in the dome, because if they all come back exactly the same way as Melanie appeared, but in this case, Melanie started in Chester's mill dead, supposedly, and comes back alive the same way they all come back from Zenith. The next question I have is, did anybody die and come back to life in their transportation, if you will, between towns? Mm. That's a good one. Listener, I want to know, is that what's going on? I could see them throwing that in there. Now, before we get to the, the big, big thing at the very end of the episode that was actually the, the good part of the episode. Did you find it odd that um, our new friend Hunter was so excited to finally be in Chester's Mill? Well, going back to that lost tie-in again, it reminded me of Charlotte when Charlotte was like, oh, I'm finally back. I can't believe I'm here. Right, right. Or Daniel, when he, Daniel got to the island, it was, it's the same exact thing. And it's just, it's a little frustrating, but at the same time, it's super frustrating that he's now under the dome because how is the hounds of Diana going to communicate with Joe and get messages to the outside world? Because they captured his buddy playing the prank uh, voice message at the, at dad's gate. What a devious plan that was. Hunter being the super uber IT hacker geek guy. I think he's still going to find some miraculous way beyond anything that any IT professionals here in the real world could fathom. And Hunter's going to school us all on the ways to make these things happen. I just know it. So maybe he has his own back door to his own back door that he can get a signal out from inside the dome. Well, you know, when you take the antenna flim flam from the router flim flam out and connect it to a red door model, cardboard cutout it, things can happen so let's get to the good part of the episode i thought they were going to stretch us out from ever seeing this scene till the final episode of this season big jim sees that pauline is alive and in the house and judging by the expression we saw i think big jim really did think pauline was dead yeah i'm pretty sure he thought she was dead but at the same time I didn't like the episode because I was expecting it to be drawn out. I mean, not the episode, but that scene because I wanted it to be drawn out. I really wanted there to be a sense of aura, a sense of mystery. And we had the same problem last year with the forehand reveal. I, I really wanted to have at least for a week, the thought that potentially 
they came back in 1988 rather than coming back in present time. That would have been cool. It would have been so cool. And then now that he sees her, I mean, I suppose you could still say that that possibility exists because who's to say that he's not seeing a dead representation of Pauline, even though we all know that it's Pauline. So, but no, I, they're both very much alive talking to each other. So it's current day. Right. But I could see big Jim thinking that he's seeing another hallucination like he did with Dodie sticking her bloody finger into her chest cavity on the insane first episode of the season. But I could see where if they would have stretched this out a couple of episodes, there could be other people in Chester's mill that could have come across Pauline and been reporting back. Big Jim, Pauline's here in town. She's alive. And he'd be like, no, no, no. But uh, so we, we kind of got that out of the way, whether it was rushed or not, it's out there. So this is going to be one of those pivot points, I think, on the on the series, because everything that big because you've noticed that all this season in every episode, Big Jim is told either Junior or Julia or somebody about his love for Pauline and the fact that she's dead and this and that. So now that's all out the window. And basically, she's got some splaining to do. Well, and if you remember from last year, episode nine, that was the episode that we shall never mention rule number one about Maxine and her thing. And we were all pretty down on that episode. So if this is going to be the downer episode of the season, we know at least that 10, 11, 12, 13 picked it back up again. So I'm expecting next week to be a a pivotal, pivotal shift. I'm going to go with that and hope that it follows that similar pattern. The one other thing that just made me laugh was I just realized something that helps make under the dome more understandable and more enjoyable. Lay it on me, Wayne. I'm, I'm all ears. Okay. I just realized tonight watching the show that under the dome is not technically a drama under the dome is a soap opera. And so if we look at it through soap opera lenses, I think it just makes a lot more sense. I think if it just was an opera, it'd be even better. Ooh, um, every episode, a musical episode, Big Jim, uh, would he be the soprano? Probably not. Oh, this could be good. If you guys want the musical episode of Under the Dome, give us a call. 904-469-7469, underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. I'm just curious if anybody would think that that would be awesome. Please call. I want to know myself. Well, let us know what you thought of The Red Door. We want to hear from you, your dulcet tones, your feedback, your theories, your complaints. We'll take them all. Plus one, 904-469-7469 or underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. Or, of course, you can just connect with us on Twitter at UTD Radio Podcast. Be sure to follow the account and chat along with all the other domeheads and domies here in Chester's Mill as we look forward to talking with you later this week for the full fan feedback episode. Until then, I'm at Troy Heinrichs. And I'm at Wayne Henderson. Stay trapped under the dome. Under the Dome Radio. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life. 
laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more, all waiting for you at noodle.mx.